Hey everybody, this is Julian McCullough. And I'm Meg Malloy. And we are the co-hosts of The Soft Spot. We're very excited for our guest this week, Mr. John Mullaney. Hello, John. How are you? Thanks for doing our show. Thanks for having me. And what are we going to discuss? Uh, we're going to discuss Mr. Rogers. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> He's a wonderful man. He is. So uh, check, check us, us out. out. Starburns Audio. The Soft Spot. We'll see you this week. Or wherever podcasts are sold. <laughs> <laughs> It's the Starburns Industries Tape of the Month Club. Twelve original cassette tapes delivered to your door. Each month, you'll receive a crisp new cassette tape of auditory delights made by some of the most funky and creative artists around. Featuring Dino Stamatopoulos, Natalie Palamides, Johnny Pemberton, Dan Harmon, future ladies of wrestling, Alan Resnick and Dina Kalberman, Dynasty Handbag, Jeff B. Davis, Rob Schraub, Lance Bangs, DJ Doug Pound, Cron, Open Mike Eagle, Ron Lynch, and on and on and on. And on. Subscribe now. $13 gets you a crisp, unique tape in the mail each month. For $20, you receive a portable cassette player so you can listen to your tapes on the go. Here's how to order. For credit card customers, please call 747-888-0945. That's 747-888-0945. Or save COD charges and log onto the World Wide Web at d.rip forward slash sbi dash p-r-e-s-s. It's a good deal. It's a good show. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm back by myself again. Um, I'm recording this. It is Wednesday, April 11th. Oh, my God, it's my friend April's birthday. I just remembered that. Thanks for reminding me, you guys. Um... Uh, yeah, sorry about last week. Uh, I will get into this in a second, but yeah, I was sick, busy, was flying. And, um, <clears throat> I probably sound like I'm not a hundred percent better. Um, I'm not a hundred percent better, but I'm way better than I was last week. And, uh, busy is back in New York today, I believe doing press for her movie, I Feel Pretty, with Amy Schumer, and uh, so she was on Regis and Ryan, no. <laughs> Kelly and Ryan, Regis hasn't been on that show in 10 years, uh, and then uh, the Today Show thing with Kathy Lee and Hoda, so... I don't know if you want to see that stuff. I'm sure you can find it online now. Now that you're listening to this, it's already been recorded and shot. You can probably find it on YouTube somewhere. Um, I'm also currently having a bout of uh, acid reflux. I had coffee. I'm still currently drinking coffee uh, on an empty stomach and... Uh, I don't know why I do that. That tends to usually give me some acid reflux when I have coffee on an empty stomach. And yet I continually do it because I need the energy, folks. I need that lift. Um, yeah, so last week um, 
I was going to do a solo episode on Tuesday or Wednesday, and I was really sick. I, I can't believe how sick I've been this year. Like, the past, not calendar year, but the past like year-ish in general has been way out of uh out of the out of the ordinary for me. Um I know I've always been a hypochondriac and um neurotic, but honestly not always or not getting sick as much as I have been in the last year. Um I mean I I get vertigo a lot, but I don't consider that being sick. That's a condition that I've just learned to live with. Um but I usually don't get colds or I rarely get coughs. I never get coughs. And now I'm on my second cough of 2018 and it sucks. Uh, it's usually always sinus stuff, um, which also probably contributes to my vertigo, to be honest. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I don't know what happened, what the switch was. I have managed... Up until last year, for eight years to go without having to use antibiotics, that all changed this past year, um, to just fighting off colds very easily, you know, with the help of, you know, vitamins and herbs and neti pot and, you know, all, all, all these remedies that people have told me that actually do work if you use them as soon as you start feeling sick. For me... I really preemptively started knocking out my sinus infections or like right around 2009 or 2010 when uh, my friend Sarah got me this. I've posted photos on, the, our, on our Instagram. It's like an electric neti pot. It is a game changer. It's called the Hydropulse. It's by a company named Grosan, G-R-O-S-S-A-N, I think. Grossen, uh, look it up. Um, it's about a hundred dollars, 90 to a hundred dollars, but it it's worth it. I've had this thing for 10 years and it still works great. If I start to feel any pressure or anything in my sinuses, I will, um, make up a little cocktail. You know, you do the water. I always use either, you know, bottled, water or I boil some water because uh, I don't want any of those brain eating amoebas. Um, so I'll put some water in the electric, the old electric neti pot. I don't know why I call it an electric neti pot. It's technically, I mean, it serves the same purpose, but it's not a neti pot. Uh, I put some water in, you do the, the saline salt or whatever, so it doesn't burn. Because I don't know if you've ever... <laughs> First time I tried a neti pot, I did it without putting any solution in the neti pot and just use regular old tap water. And it burned a lot. It burned so bad. Um, so I don't know what it is, but you put a little, these little saline packets into the water. It doesn't burn. Actually feels kind of good. A lot of people write to me and they're like, uh, I'm afraid to try a neti pot. I was super afraid to try a neti pot and um because there is it's it's not natural for you to shoot water up your nose <laughs> if you've ever been swimming or in the ocean and got hit by a wave and water went up your nose it's fucking unpleasant but um 
there is the first time you use it, the neti pot or, you know, one of those spray bottles of, you know, the pre-mixed ones that you buy at like CVS or Walgreens. There is a, a, a second or two of pressure where it's about to go, you know, up into the, through the nostril where you're, you're in your head going, this is not natural. This is not natural. This feels weird. And then as soon as it goes through, you're like, oh my God, <laughs> this is the best thing ever. And it's really good after you finish and you blow your nose and everything comes out and you're like, oh my God, I can breathe. So yeah, I do the saline, uh, which is, that's a normal neti pot solution. Uh, then I put in like a little dropper of uh, golden seal, which kind of lubricates your sinuses, which uh, keeps everything flowing through. It's very, very nice. Doesn't actually smell or taste that great, but whatever, it, it works. And then I put in, I think I've talked about this too, but just for new listeners, a drop, just a drop of, there's a product called Betadine. I don't know if it's Betadine or Betadine. Probably depends on who you ask. You can buy it at any drugstore. Uh, it's like in the wound care section. <laughs> But it's like a, a, a disinfectant, you know, it, it kills bacteria, which is great for your sinuses. Um, if you've ever gone to the hospital and had to get stitches, they will, they will put in this like sponge thing in this reddish brown liquid and then rub it on your cut to sterilize it. That's betadine, betadine, whatever the hell it's called. Um and it kills germs. And so I put a drop of that in my water. And honestly, for, you know, almost 10 years, I did not have to use antibiotics. If I, if I would catch everything early enough, no problems. I mean that, you know, I do that once or twice a day until, uh, you know, all the signs were gone and be fine. And then, you know, I do, uh, Echinacea and um, all the usual vitamin C and emergencies, all that stuff. Who knows if it works? I mean, I honestly was able to fight off uh, being sick for 10 years. Um, so for me, it worked. I don't know if it's psychosomatic. Even shit, if something works psychosomatically, I have no problem with that. And then... Uh, well, last year, it just, everything started. I got a sinus, I got, I traced it back to uh, uh, an abscessed tooth. I also have talked about this, but again, really quick for new listeners. Had an abscessed tooth, which apparently the infection in that molar, which was right up against my sinuses, most likely caused uh, the infection to go into my sinuses and cause a really bad sinus infection that I could not get rid of for months and many uh, doses of antibiotics, which I just fucking hate. And then uh, obviously, you know, to those who've been listening in late December, early, early January, I was working on this low budget movie and in the, in the winter and uh, it was cold and everyone was getting sick. And of course I got sick and I got really really like next level bad bronchitis. Um, and, uh, that was the first time I'd had a cough in like a long time. And, uh, the doctor, you know, gave me antibiotics for that. 
And now, so this is all leading up to my problems last week. So I go out to Joshua Tree very often. It's it's my favorite place in the world. Uh, it's, you know, two and a half hours from Los Angeles, two and a half hour drive with no traffic. Um, I've been going there since I was about 18. I used to rock climb there a lot. Um, and uh, And then in the mid... 2000s, I uh, met a lot of musicians who subsequently lived out there or had homes out there, um, had a recording studio out there. And so that just upped my, you know, the amount of times I was going to Joshua Tree to hang out with these guys. It really is just a magical, wonderful place. And the desert air, the dry air, the climate, also, Joshua Tree is the high desert. It's like 4,000 feet. The climate really agrees with me. Um, if I'm having out, I usually don't have allergies when I'm out there and um, my breathing gets better. And uh, it's, it, I just love it. So I hadn't been at all in 2018. I hadn't been out there yet, which for me is weird. I usually go out there like once every month, month and a half. And uh, so. Uh, I hadn't been yet this year, and then my friend Gene uh, Troutman, who's a drummer, he used to play, he, he's played with like Queens of the Stone Age and uh, a lot of lot of bands. Really awesome dude. He text messaged me that they were having an Easter brunch at their house out in Yucca Valley, which is right next to Joshua Tree. And so I was like, "Oh, this is great! I have nothing going on. This is the, just the excuse." And I I never need an excuse, but I was like. I'm definitely going out to the desert and I was feeling good. I, I was over all my sicknesses. I, I, you know, thought I had avoided the flu all season. <laughs> and so I go out there and it was awesome. You know, I stayed at my friend's house. There's a whole, there's a place called Rancho de la Luna, which is uh, my friend Dave's house, but it also doubles as a recording studio and Queens of the Stone Age recorded like their first or second album out there. I think they recorded a couple albums out there. Iggy Pop recorded his last album out there. Uh, PJ Harvey, Arctic Monkeys. It's like a legendary place. And um, it's this really cool house. And, but there's like a whole bunch of property in there. You know, my friend Brian lives on another house on this property. My friend Hutch has another house, which he's not living in, but he's renting out. So that's kind of where I tend to go. There's a reason for this whole story, folks. <laughs> and look, Busy's not here, so I got to do a lot of talking. Um, so uh, I go out to Joshua Tree. And I, you know, I call Dave and I'm like, hey, can I stay in Hutch's old house? And he's like, yeah. So I go out and he's recording a band, uh, a really awesome band called Bone Acre. Keep an eye out for them. They're really amazing. And uh, I've met them. I, I emceed a show that they were on um, uh, last year and uh, a really phenomenal band. And they were recording at Rancho de la Luna. So I went by the house and hung out and this was Saturday and, um, uh, you know, it's a bunch of kind of free spirit, hippie desert people. So of course, uh, joints started coming out and being passed around. And this is honestly, as you know, kind of a reformed pot smoker. I don't smoke a lot of pot anymore. Very rarely. Um, 
but on occasion, like if I'm seeing some old friends and hanging out, uh, sure, I'll partake. But something that's always bothered me about the pot culture is passing joints. Um, this is honestly, as a germaphobe, something that has always bothered me. And almost every time I'm with a group of people and a joint comes out and starts getting passed around, in my head I'm always like, I shouldn't do this. And, then, and I'm always like looking around at the people in the circle and I'm like, okay, they all seem healthy. <laughs> so, you know, we're at Dave's house and a joint comes out and, you know, a couple different times during the night. And then uh, the next day... I wake up and uh, my throat is super dry. I have a sore throat, but not like the back of my throat. Um, I don't know if we've talked about this before, but usually when I'm getting a sore throat or getting a cold, the early sign is my soft palate is sore. And your soft palate, for those who don't know, uh, is, is the back of the roof of your mouth, like where your sinuses drain into your throat and mouth. But it's... If you put your tongue on the roof of your mouth towards the front, it's very hard. You go about halfway back or three quarters of the way back, it gets soft. That's your soft palate. And for me, and I know for a lot of other people, when you one of the first signs of getting sick is that will start to sting or burn, especially when you swallow or or when air hits it. And so I woke up Sunday, and um, my soft palate was just really burning and stinging and I thought it was allergies and I thought it was the altitude and the dry air. And, you know, sometimes if I have allergies, I'll snore. And so I'll breathe through my mouth, and, which I don't do a lot of. But, uh, you know, sometimes when I do that, my throat will be sore from, just from snoring and just breathing air and drying out my throat. Sorry, I have to have a nice coffee and, and contribute more to my GERD. <laughs> So I wake up and my throat's a little sore, but I'm like, it's probably nothing. It's probably just uh, allergies or the dry, you know, climate. But I take some oregano oil, you know, I uh, take some emergency, drink a bunch of water and I go to Jean's house and uh, hang out with a bunch of awesome people, have some really great um, Easter brunch, like quiche and there was a spiral ham and, uh, you know... Oh, so much food and it was great. And this was the other weird thing I noticed, which I pointed out to a lot of people. We were in the desert. It was warm out. The weather was per perfect, actually. It was like low to mid 70s. Um, brunch was out on their patio out in their backyard. They had it set up on this huge picnic table. There was not one fly. I don't know why... <laughs> For someone who's a germaphobe, I'm obsessed with bugs on food and stuff. But I kept like having to point out to people, I'm like, D do you see this? We are eating, none of this food is covered and there are no flies. And we were out there for like two or three hours. No flies the whole time. It was bananas. Um, so uh, anyway, that's beside the point. I, uh, but I was fighting this sore throat thing. And then as the day kind of dragged on, I was starting to feel a little tired and worn down. And I was like, I, I'm getting sick. I was like, oh my God, I am getting sick. And so I leave 
that night in the middle of the night. I was supposed to stay till the next morning, but I was like, if I leave Joshua Tree at midnight, I won't have any traffic and it sucks being sick, but I will get home a lot quicker than if I wait till Monday morning and then have to sit in like an additional hour's worth of traffic and I will probably be more sick in the morning. So I came back and sure enough, like the next day I woke up and it was just a full on, like my throat was sore. I, you know, my sinus, I had a sneeze and runny nose. At this point, I still thought it was a cold. So that was Monday. Tuesday, I had a fucking fever. My All my muscles hurt. So that led me to believe that it was probably the flu. But that was really the extent of the severity. So, you know, if it was the flu, um, I assume the flu shot that I took made the effects less bad. Because I know people who have had the flu this season and were just, like, miserable. Um, But this just felt like a bad cold, um, with the exception of a fever and... um, and uh, sore muscles, which it's that's to me is honestly like one of the worst parts of having the flu. I don't throw up, so uh, I did. And then Wednesday, I did have diarrhea, but I gotta say, I popped a um, uh, what do you call it? Probiotic, and this was the kicker. This is the one that always is the lifesaver with diarrhea, and I've heard it does the same with throwing up if you can keep it down. Uh, activated charcoal. I've mentioned this before. You can buy it at, you know, Whole Foods or any health health food store, maybe even like a CVS. I would I would check, but uh definitely like a Whole Foods or um, one of those types of stores. Activated charcoal pills. Look it up. Do a Google search. It it really is phenomenal because I had diarrhea really bad on Wednesday. Uh Went to the bathroom, had it, just immediately felt weak, was drinking water. And like, of course, 20 minutes later, had it again. This time I found my activated charcoal, took a pill. 20 minutes later, I was fine. It had all stopped. It it really is like a sponge. It does soak up whatever bad crap is in your your guts. Uh, I'm a huge believer. I, I tend to travel with activated charcoal pills where whenever I'm out of town because it's uh sorry this this uh acid reflux is killing me <laughs> well it's really great you have a medical podcast and can uh have an attack of acid reflux right in the middle of one of your episodes what a joy um so yeah uh I took the charcoal and then um yeah, around Wednesday, my sore throat went away, which was great. The sinus stuff is still, you know, was off and on. I was using the neti pot. Um, I've been using it the whole time, along with, you know, different types of nasal sprays, like grapes, grapefruit seed extract, uh, the colloidal silver, whatever it's called, um, and just Flonase. Um so, but I'm still sinusy and stuffy. And also, yeah, like I was saying, Wednesday, it went into a cough. Like, 
I was just like, not again. I, I just had bronchitis. As someone who never gets coughs, that that's one thing that bothers me more than like sinus stuff because because I'm not used to them. Um, is is the coughs? It was just, it was bad. The weird thing was though, you know, when I had bronchitis, the cough was so bad, and it was really productive. I would cough up, especially in the morning. I would cough. Jesus, what's that noise? Someone, someone's revving their car engine. But when I had the bronchitis, I'd wake up in the morning and off and on throughout the day, have horrible coughing attacks and like just, sorry to be graphic, but this is a medical podcast, just like greenish yellow phlegm, which is usually the sign of an infection. So that was with the bronchitis. Also, this is a, I don't know if anyone else knows this feeling the best way I can describe it and this I hadn't had this in a long time but when I had the bronchitis earlier this year I sometimes get this thing when I do on the rare occasions get a cough if it's a deep cough oh man it's hard to explain it other than my lungs will itch Please, you can leave this in the comments or an, or email us, but or if you even know what causes this, but like I will cough and then the coughing, the rattling of the phlegm or something inside my lungs will like scrape the lung lining or whatever, and it makes my lungs itch from the inside. So I will be sitting there trying to scratch my chest to make a difference. Obviously it doesn't because I'm just scratching my skin on the outside and my lungs are deep inside my body, but I get occasionally this itchy lung. (laughs) It sounds so horrible saying out loud. I've thought about it so many times, like, oh, my lungs itch. That's what (laughs) saying it out loud. I sound like an idiot. Uh, but I'll get like an itchy. Uh, so I don't know what that is. I should look that up. Um, feel free if you have experienced this to leave it in the comments on Instagram. Um, but my lungs, so that's how I usually know I have a bad cough or I'm sick is if my lungs it. So I've had this cough now for a week. It's been a week. Um, the flu or whatever it is I had, fever broke, everything's fine, throat doesn't hurt. I'm still nasally. I can't shake that. Um, and it doesn't, I don't think it's a sinus infection because I blow my nose and the mucus is clear. And this cough that I've had though has also been productive. Like I can cough and stuff comes up, but it is also clear. So I don't know what's going on. I, I'm fairly certain I don't need antibiotics because it doesn't seem like an infection. I don't have a fever anymore. It's just this lingering cough. And I've also, you know, often had friends who've been like, oh yeah, I had this cough. It just kind of lingered for a month. I'm not that person. I never have that, but uh, apparently that's a thing. And, um, I would like to get rid of the cough. I really want to get rid of the nasal congestant, congestion, <laughs> the nasal congestion, mostly because I, uh, this is Wednesday. I'm recording this, uh, m- Sunday night, 
early Monday morning, I'm taking a red eye to Atlanta to work on a movie. Um, so I want my ears to be able to pop when I'm, you know, ascending and descending. I did have that last week. My, uh, my right ear again was just not popping and that's just, oh, it's so frustrating. It's, no matter what I would try, you know, obviously yawning, pinching my nose and blowing, that was not working. Uh, just, God, a cold can, even, even a cold can just be miserable. So hopefully I'm at the tail end of this and, um, and uh, I can have a fruitful 2018 from here on out. Let's go to some emails. I uh, I marked a few emails. I, I flagged a few. Keep them coming. We're nodocspodcast at gmail.com for those of you listening. If you have any uh, stories or you have anything you want to say to us, nodocs, and it's D-O-C-S, podcast at gmail.com. Um, and we get... By the way, we get a lot of emails. Like, my email box is constantly blowing up every day. My in inbox for this uh, account. And um, I'm now sure we will never get to all of them. So I'm trying to go through and find some interesting ones. But I do read them all, just so you know that. Um, and I very much appreciate it. I do pass them on to Busy as well. Um, this is one from... Peachy, <laughs> P-I-C-H-I, from Jan back from, back in January. Hey, Busy and Steve, big fan of you both. Thank you, Peachy. I've been listening to No Docs from the beginning. Anyway, uh, as I was listening today, I was thinking that I don't know if you've ever talked about how you guys met, how long you've been friends for, etc. I uh, I asked because you have a rep. Poor, almost like brother and sister. Just curious. Thanks for the laugh. Peachy. Pronounced peachy. So I did get it right. P.S. Steve, your voice is so soothing. Ha. Calms me down before bed. Sorry if that came off as creepy. <laughs> uh, thank you for that. I do pride myself on my deep, rich voice, peachy. <laughs> um, Busy and I have not known each other that long. We met through uh, a live show at a theater here in Largo. In, yeah, a theater here in Los Angeles called Largo. Um, there was a ongoing monthly show, which is also a podcast. You can find old episodes of it online. Or you, can, oh my god, my computer is doing weird shit. Jesus Christ! I hope. The computer's making weird flickers. I'm so afraid I'm going to lose this. Uh, I'm going to stop this just so I can save it. And then I'm going to hopefully be able to continue. All right. Uh, be right back. Um, okay, I'm back. Um, that was about 45 minutes of uh, hell. I will post a... Uh, I'll post on Instagram a video of my computer screen glitching out. I was very worried I was going to lose everything, so I had to stop. 
do a software update because my uh, computer, every time I sign on, is like, hey, uh, let's update your software. And I keep putting it off saying, hey, maybe tomorrow. <laughs> I've been doing that for like a month. So I just did that. Everything seems to be fine now. Um, but that took forever to install. And then um, I have a really old, I have like an eight-year-old computer. And uh, so sometimes it takes a while to restart. Um, but everything seems to be going uh, well. Okay, so back to how busy and I met. We There's a live show at Largo here in Los Angeles called The Thrilling Adventure Hour. There are podcast episodes of it you can find online. And what that is, is a old-timey, like, staged radio show where actors, comedians, musicians come out with scripts that uh, these the two creators, Ben Acker and Ben Blacker, yes, they're real names, um, uh, would write. They would write these, and there were serialized um, recurring uh, storylines with characters, uh, recurring characters, and uh, a live band and sound effects, and it was really cool. And so they would just have a usual bunch of people coming in, like Busy and Janet Varney and uh, Paul F. Tompkins, Paget Brewster, um, or some of the regulars. And then there were, they would just kind of fill in smaller roles with other actors and comedians. And I became was lucky enough to become one of those um, uh, people who would come in, you know, once in a while, every, you know, six months or so and do uh, a small part. And that's how I met Busy was through uh, that show. And it was probably, I mean, probably five, five, six years ago tops that I started doing that. So, um, I think that's how I met Busy. Um, and if not, then that's definitely how I got to know Busy was through that show. Um, yeah. And it was at that show that I approached busy saying, Hey, I'm going to do this medical related podcast. I saw you post an Instagram story of, of telling about how you had a panic attack in an MRI machine. I go, would you want to come on my podcast and talk about that story if I actually end up doing the podcast. I hadn't done an episode yet, <clears throat> obviously, because she's on all of them. So I asked her about that, and she said, yes. She's like, shit, I will co-host that with you. And so that's how this was born. Um, you know, my, my ex, uh, Chelsea, said you should do a podcast about this. And then... Um, the f podcast network at the time was like, you should uh, have a co-host. It should definitely be a, a woman. And uh, everything just fell right into place. So that's how this all came about. It's how I know Busy is basically, <clears throat> sorry, through uh, the Thrilling Adventure Hour. Look it up. Those, those shows are really good. All right, let's go to... <clears throat> sorry, I'm all congested and stuff. I wish a cold or whatever it is I have, any kind of sickness, just lasted like two days. It's like, yep, two days, um, and you're done. Everyone's everyone's good. Why am I even saying this? <laughs> That's never going to be the case, so uh, get over it, Steve. All right, this is from... Uh, uh, 
let's see. Someone named Kat. K-A-T. Um, in Seattle, Washington. And the subject is capsule endoscopy. Uh, for those listening who who do or do not know, uh, we t- I think we briefly touched touched. No, it wasn't even briefly. We talked about Busy's colonoscopy, and I had mentioned uh, Morgan Spurlock did a special where he was at a hospital in um, Thailand, and he didn't uh, colonoscopy, but the one where you instead of a, a tube or camera going up your butt, they send in uh, a pill that you swallow. And so I'm assuming this is about that uh, from Kat. Hey guys, I'm just now catching up on your past three podcast episodes and was laughing especially hard when Busy was prepping for her colonoscopy. As someone who had to have five scopes through 2017, oh, Jesus, five... I understand her struggle. I'm curious because when I had to prep, I had to mix the powder into a gallon jug of water and busy didn't seem to have to drink that much liquid. Anyway, I'm really writing to tell you that I have swallowed a pill camera before. It's called a capsule endoscopy. Uh, I I think they generally call when they go in through your throat an endoscopy. I, I had an endoscopy when I was 18. Uh, turned out I, the problem they were looking for and eventually found was ulcers. Uh, that was my f- freshman year of college and I was super stressed out because I, I had not ever had to study that hard in my life. And so I was just super stressed and uh, was having just horrible stomach pains all the time. And so uh, I had an endoscopy and they found a uh, an ulcer. I seem to be fine now though. Uh, it's called the capsule endoscopy, and although used now to help diagnose various medical conditions, originally it was developed in the USSR in the 70s for spy activities. Just some trivia for you. I guess uh, you want to spy on someone's colon. <laughs> uh, we must get this camera. I think that's German. <laughs> I'll do it Germany. We we've got to get this camera into um, into uh, uh, Richard Nixon's <laughs> bowels. We really, really must know what his colon is all about. Da. <laughs> Duh, we will, uh, ah, fuck it. I, I, for me to do a, uh, uh, <laughs> an accent, I have to hear it like just before, like if, I've had to do them before on shows and stuff and I will ha- I would have to listen right before I started shooting to then do it anyway. Uh, You have to prep the same way you would for a colonoscopy, except that you have to do it the day before because you have to swallow the camera early in the morning. The camera is the size of a giant vitamin. Giant, by the way, is all uppercase. You can see all this on that Morgan Spurlock documentary on Netflix. The camera really is huge. It's like the size of your thumb. 
they turn it on and then you swallow it with eight uh, eight ounces of water. You have to wear this weird belt harness thing that contains the computer that the camera pings from and sends the recordings to. It travels through your body for eight hours. Uh, the worst part is that you're not allowed to sit for longer than 20 minutes at a time and you're forbidden from lying down. I guess because that would slow down the traveling of the pill. Like if you sit, this is a bummer, but you know, when my when my dad was really sick and um, he was bedridden, he was taking all these uh, anti-inflammatories and they would get to his stomach and then they'd just sit there. And uh, eventually ate a hole through his stomach. This is horrible subject matter, but uh, that's why you have to stand. Is you, you have to get the stuff to move through you quicker. Um, so you're not allowed to sit for longer than 20 minutes at a time, and you're forbidden from laying down entirely for eight hours. I swear, even though on a normal day I would never feel the need to take a nap, in the afternoon on that day, all I wanted to do was lay down and sleep. Uh, probably from all the prep that you had to drink and, uh, shit out all of your energy. Anyway, uh, the pill camera totally worked for me and was the only thing that actually was helpful in diagnosing me as the colonoscopies and sigmoidoscopy were inconclusive. I might have to look up sigmoidoscopy. Uh, I don't wish the scope prep on anyone, but if you have the chance, the pill camera is a really cool experience. Sincerely, Cat, Seattle, Washington. Um, Kat, I'm just curious, uh, you said the camera was the only thing that helped diagnose you, uh, forgive me for prying, but I would love to know what your diagnosis actually was. Did I read that? Did I skip, uh, trying to read? Anyway, um, there you have it, folks. You can swallow a camera. Um, okay. Scrolling down ahead. Um, okay. I know there were more of these. Oh, shit. Here's one called Bidet Recommendations. This is from Brittany. Uh, this was set in January. Can't wait to hear more about the bidet attachment you bought. <laughs> I assume you'll discuss in the podcast. Uh, I probably have since this email actually went out. Can you tell which one... Uh, which one you bought. I've been thinking about buying one, but would love a trusted recommendation. Oh, thank you, Brittany. Um, I will say, and I was thinking about this today that I should talk, uh, just give a little update on my bidet. I still love it. I was talking with someone actually this morning, uh, my friend, uh, Lindsay, who uh, just got back from a trip to Japan. And she said, those toilets are everywhere in Japan. These like, it's not a bidet actual bidet toilet but it's like mine it's their toilets with bidet uh, toilet seats on them and they're heated seats just like mine I have a heated seat I can control the heat on it and um, the water temperature you can control uh, it really is awesome and mine was you know a lower price one. you can buy these things for upwards of a thousand dollars these toilet seat bidets uh, mine was I think two hundred and fifty dollars um, and it was so worth it. Uh, mine is by a company called Smart Bidet. It might be all one word. I'm not 100% sure. But uh, if you just type in Smart Bidet, it'll it'll come up. Um, I think it's called like the SB100 or the SB1000. 
Um, and it's the lower end of this, you know, they have different models and mine was a lower ended one, but, uh, I still got one with heated seats and heated water and, um, oh my God, it's just the best. (laughs) It is the best feeling after you're done going to the bathroom to just do a quick spray down of the area it feels with warm water oh my god and also just in general even if you're not going to use the bidet function it's not going to matter as much now that summer's coming up but in the winter going into the bathroom in the middle waking up in the middle of the night and having to go to the bathroom and then sitting on a cold toilet seat it's such a drag but when you go in you know, whether it's the middle of the night or first thing in the morning when you get up and go to the bathroom and you sit down and your bathroom's really cold, the tile's cold, but then you uh, sit down on this seat that is just super warm. Oh, it gives you, honestly gives you goosebumps. So uh, yeah, the smart bidet. My only thing I, you know, for any of you who buy one, especially if you buy one online, um, make sure you get the right, uh, shape. And I, I knew to do this because I had to buy an actual regular replacement toilet seat. Cause mine, you know, I, I accidentally, when I was putting the toilet seat down, it slipped out of my hand and just went slamming down instead of me placing it down and the toilet seat cracked. So I had to buy a new toilet seat and I went to the hardware store and then realized that there are oval toilets <laughs> oval toilet seats for oval toilets and perfectly round toilet seats for perfectly round toilets. And when I was at the hardware store, I couldn't remember what shape my toilet was. I was like, oh, it's obviously it's got to be oval. I I don't. Yeah, it's oval. And I bought an oval, oval toilet seat, got home totally wrong. So then I had to go back and exchange it. So when I bought the, uh, my smart bidet, just make sure you're buying, look at your toilet and see if it's round or if it's oval shaped. Um, that's the only thing I can say, you know, pricing is up to you what, what features you want, but, um, just make sure so you don't have to send something back in the mail, which is a huge pain in the ass. Um, so thank you for that email. I, I can, I, 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 I would sell a smart bidet to anybody. I, I should be a bidet salesman. <laughs> um, oh, here's one uh, called my heart condition. This is from, I'm not sure the spelling. I'm going to scroll to the bottom. Nope. Uh, the name is either Darshell or Darchell. It's D-A-R-C-H-E-L-L-E. The subject is my heart condition, 30 years in the making. Um, Hey, Steve and Busy, I just discovered your podcast a couple of weeks ago and have have, uh, binge listened ever since. I am on the episode with Emily Gordon and decided it was time to tell you guys my story. I also just watched The Big Sick and it was excellent. Anyway, sorry if this gets a little long, but it was a diagnosis that took 30 years to find. Oh, jeez. That's what, by the way, straying away from this email, like I'm always just like hopeful, but also like, like, of course it's Murphy's law. I'll go in for something and a doctor will find something very minor and they'll just be like, oh, 
yeah, this is what's causing your uh, vertigo, and they'll do something, and it'll just be um, something that was super fixable, um, but my entire adult life. Anyway, I've been passing out all of my life. Ugh. The first one I can remember was when I was three years old. I was in the shower with my very pregnant mother when I started screaming, Mommy, I can't see. This is what she tells me. Then I fell over. I was checked out and nothing came of it several times throughout my childhood. I had syncopal episodes. I normally wouldn't feel so great, but being a timid kid, I didn't want to say anything. I I passed out at school in the lunch line, at the racetrack on a hot summer day, etc. Probably more times than I can even remember because it happened a couple times a year. It was always chalked up to, you were just hungry or you got too hot. When I was a teenager, every time I had an episode... I went to the doctor. They always ran a pregnancy test to start off. That was uncomfortable with uh, my mother there. I even passed out in college one time during a lecture. I think I was out for like 20 minutes. Oh my God. (laughs) Because I don't remember the last half of it. No one noticed me or they didn't, or they probably thought I was sleeping because I was in the back of the auditorium. I woke up panicked and drenched in sweat. I was so embarrassed, I tried to run out of there and proceeded to black out and fall down the stairs. Jesus. Super embarrassing. I've been through lots of testing, including a glucose tolerance test. Most pregnant women have to take this. It was disgusting. That was normal. So no diabetes or hypoglycemia. In my early 20s, I had a few episodes at work. I'm a CT x-ray technologist. Uh, I passed out while standing in surgery for long periods of time and once just standing in our tech area. I passed out while at the doctor's office, which was actually fortunate because he took my blood pressure and told me I had bottomed out. They ran a bunch of labs on me and determined I had a B12 deficiency. Huh. For some reason, my body had gotten a virus that wiped out my B12 and my body's ability to make it. So that started a daily B12 and so that started daily B12 injections and eventually monthly Uh, B12 injections that I give myself. This will go on for the rest of my life. I will say it did help with some of the fatigue and dizziness. So they they were like, that's it. That was the problem the whole time. I really didn't have a ton of syncopal episodes after that. Maybe lightheadedness here and there, but nothing major. Fast forward to a couple days before my 30th birthday, I was working out with my trainer, something I've been doing for a while. We were just lifting weights, no crazy cardio. I felt really dizzy and a little nauseous, so I cut out of my trainers early. I started driving home and began to get super dizzy, so I pulled over and called my husband. Of course, this was the day his vehicle was at the mechanic, so he was going to ask the neighbor if he could take him to pick me up. I insisted I'd be fine. I just needed the rest to rest a minute. I started to drive again, and after five minutes, uh, I had my husband on Bluetooth, so he made me keep talking to him. I decided to get on the freeway since it had been the fastest way home. As soon as I was merging on, my vision started going black. I told my husband I was passing out, and I veered towards the shoulder. That's the last thing to remember. He says I was radio... He said I went silent for 45 seconds. Luckily, my husband is a police officer, and so he jumped on his radio and told someone to go find me on the interstate. Wow. That's amazing, actually. Uh, I was uh, only a few minutes from the police department. So that was good. When they got there, they said my face was translucent and my lips were completely blue. Jesus. I was just lounged, uh, back in my car and all I wanted to do was sleep. I did not wreck. Thank goodness. I had pulled over in time. So at the mercy of my husband and mother, I scheduled an appointment with the cardiologist. He had me wear a cardiac event monitor for 30 days. Wow. 
I had to wear one for four days uh, when my heart palpitations were uh, starting to become an issue. Uh, I uh, I showed that I had second degree heart block or a condition called, Jesus, I've never heard of this, a condition called Wankabach. Wankbach, W-E-N-C-K-E-B-A-C-H. She says, Google it, busy. Hey, why why not Google it, Steve? I'm the one with heart issues. Um, It's not a physical block, but an electrical block where my atrium and ventricle don't communicate normally. I'm in healthcare, but this was all new to me. It turns out my heart was stopping for two to three seconds about once every 24 hours. Jesus. Mostly while I slept. Uh, my resting heart rate would be average 30 to 45 beats per minute. Oh my God. An average adult's heart rate should be higher than 60. That is so low. Also, this fucking car alarm that has been going off for two days. Who has car alarms anymore? They don't work. Anyway, I had an echocardiogram uh, and they drew a bunch of labs to make sure it wasn't my thyroid affecting my heart. Uh, I have hypothyroidism, but had no idea it could mess with my heart. We had just sold our house and were moving the next week when all of this was happening. As we were moving into our new house, the nurse called me and said I needed a pacemaker ASAP. Uh, since my uh, other tests were normal, after conversing with them for a while, I decided to have the pacemaker two weeks later. I figured I'd live with this for 30 years. Uh, hopefully two more weeks wouldn't kill me. The surgery was a breeze, but I am here, a 30-year-old female with a pacemaker. I feel old as shit. I don't notice it much. Uh, I don't notice much difference except for the fact that I haven't passed out. Well, that's great. Uh, but I figured it's doing most of the work when I uh, sleep to make sure my heart doesn't pause or slow down too much. I can't tolerate cardio workouts as well which I'm going to ask my doctor about my six-month appointment. Uh, Sorry this was long. Feel free to paraphrase if you use this during a podcast. I just thought my medical journey has been an interesting one, and you'd like to hear about it. Keep up the podcast. Love it. Let me know if you have any other questions. All my best, Darshell. I'm going to say Darshell. Well, pacemaker is better than passing out and possibly getting in a car accident. Um, My father had a pacemaker for decades. Uh, he even had it replaced a couple times. Uh, you know, I think he had it first put in when he was in his sixties. Um, and so for the next 20 years he had a pacemaker, his heart was fine, you know, all the way to the end. Um, but, uh, yeah. And nowadays they're, they're so small and just, um, that car alarm's going to make me go insane. Um, but yeah, that my friend Sean Watkins, he's a musician. Um, he was telling me, he listens to this podcast. Hi, Sean, if you're listening to this. And I want to get him on here to talk about a similar sounding condition he had where he was having, and this all came up when he heard an episode of me talking about my heart uh, palpitations. And he said he had a similar thing while he was on tour and was uh, somewhere on tour. I I forget where they were in North Carolina or somewhere in the South. And um, he was having these heart palpitations and he went into a doctor and 
it was a similar problem. I, I know he said it was something electrical in his heart. Like it wasn't a physical blockage, but the, uh, the electric impulses weren't timing out right. And it was causing his heart to skip a beat. And so he had a surgery where they went in. He didn't have a pacemaker, but he had a surgery where they went in and did some cauterizing or something to bridge the gap between whatever, uh, you know, was kind of uh, lacking. And um, he says he's been fine since. I, and I, I, I'm not sure he even has to take medication for this. We talked about this a long time ago, so I have, of course, forgotten because my brain doesn't work as well. Uh, but I, I, I want to get Sean back on back on here. I want to get Sean on here. But um, I hope everything works out with with you. I, you know, from what I understand, you can live a completely normal, uh, long life with a pacemaker. Um, they really are a, a, a modern miracle of uh, medical science. So congratulations. I'm glad uh, you found out. But also, so are you still taking vitamin? I want to, I would like to know. You can leave this in the comment section or you can e email us back. I would like to know if you're still taking B12 injections because <laughs> obviously that, you know, wasn't the problem. So uh, I, I wondered if you did that thing where, you know, the B12 injections seemed to be working for a while, but then you had that other episode and if you've tried going without B12 to see, um, to see what would happen. I don't know. I, I, I have a million questions about this kind of stuff. And I think we've been, we've been almost an hour. We've been 55 minutes. I'm always amazed when I can talk this long without somebody else in the room. Sorry for the constant pauses in my speech because of my my uh, acid reflux Ugh. I should start taking a pill for that I you know I just carry like Pepsi or, or Tums or something and um, I think I should take like Tagamet or Zantac if there's anybody out there who takes a pill for their uh, acid reflux let me know how that works Email us at nodocspodcast at gmail.com or hit me up in the comments section uh, for this week's episode uh, on Instagram. And uh, I'd love to hear about it. Um, I'm going to try and record with Busy this same week. At some point, it'll probably be a phoner. Uh, because next week I am out of town. I am in Atlanta shooting. I am. I will be finally working, working on a movie in Atlanta next week. Um, so fingers crossed. I'm going to try and get something done and uh, uploaded for you guys for next week as well. So hopefully there won't be another gap. Uh, thank you for listening. Busy if you're out there. Hope uh, everything's going well with your shoots and your um, and your. Uh, press junkets and um uh, hopefully we can sit down in person again soon and uh thank you guys for listening sorry uh, it was just me uh, you have been very kind in the emails and comment sections about these solo episodes i appreciate it um i i do have a lot to say about medical stuff so you know i will keep doing these whenever i can even if busy's working but hopefully we won't have to do 
a ton without her. <sighs> All right, it's three o'clock. I now have to stop recording and then get this uploaded so you can hear it tomorrow morning or actually tonight at midnight. Um, stay safe and healthy, you guys, and have a great weekend. Thanks for listening. Bye. It's a good show. Hey, everyone. It's me, Steve. AG, you know, <laughs> I'm here to let you know that Starburns Audio has a new survey. Uh, just go to starburns.audio slash survey. Um, we're trying to get to know our listeners a little bit better. Uh, and it only takes a few minutes, I promise. But uh, it makes a massive difference to the podcasters at um, Starburns Audio. Believe me, we uh, are trying to get to know a little bit more about you, what you like, what you don't like. Um ideas you may have to make things run smoother. Um, this really is a helpful survey because um, currently podcasting is still kind of like the Wild West. We still don't know a lot. It's uh, it's a new medium. Um, so your responses make everything a lot easier. Uh, it's incredibly helpful and uh, incredibly quick. So again, just go to starburns.audio slash survey. And uh, fill it out. Help help a brother out, all right? <laughs> Thanks, guys. Hello, I'm Dave Ross. Hey, and I'm Hampton Young. And we host Suicide Buddies on Starburns Audio. That's right. It's a podcast about suicide, but not to make light of it. We actually talk about suicidal thoughts, depression, kind of with a sense of levity that Dave and I have with each other. He's my best friend. Come on. Yeah, we're buddies. <laughs> suicide Buddies. <laughs> That's the title. One of our favorite episodes that we've recorded so far is about this guy, Jan Pataki, who was a Polish aristocrat in the 19th century. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, one of the reasons it's possible that he killed himself <laughs> is that he thought he was a werewolf. Oh. Check out a clip. It also makes me think, like, we were talking about in the Norway uh, black metal episode, how, like, just the culture of your surroundings can affect you. Like, yeah. he's in a castle in Poland. <laughs> He's, like, I mean, if you yeah. lived in a castle in Poland and no one knew anything about anything, you might be like, I'm a bat. I'm probably a bat. <laughs> <laughs> That's like literally what happened to Batman. <laughs> he literally is in his mansion. He's like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm, I'm a, a bat. bat. I'm a bat. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a bat. bat. I'm, a, I'm, I'm a, bat. a bat that helps people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bat that helps people. I'm a, I'm a I don't know what you want from me. And my, uh, and my, my re- girlfriend, she's a cat. She's a cat. My she, girlfriend's she, a cat. She steals things. She's a woman who steals things. She's a cat. I'm a bat. I'm a I bat. Help people. She's a cat. We fight a penguin. My. Uh, my- <laughs> <laughs>